Welcome to the Exarbon Mortgage Podcast, hosted by John Mortgage Major, powered by Verley. This is where we interview top mortgage, real estate professionals, industry insiders, operational managers, and thought leaders from around the nation, diving into hot current topics to help you experience your good life. Oh, we're rolling. We're rolling. Well, welcome back to the Exarban Mortgage Podcast. I am with Jim Marriott today. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, John. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive in. So if I heard you correctly, your entire life, you have been in the world of real estate because of your family, your father in particular, right? That's correct. Well, and your, yep. your mom too. Yep. Grew up in a real estate family. Uh, my dad's been in the business about 38 years now. So yeah, since before I was born. So, you know, I have memories of at the dinner table, hearing about deals, uh, hearing about the highs and lows, um, and kind of picked it up piece by piece along the way. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. In the blood, in the blood. That's but right. you didn't first get into real estate after school, did you? Um, I, I did uh, after um, a couple years in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess... Uh, Born and raised in Omaha, uh, went to Gretna High School um, for undergrad. Went down the great to, life, the great life. That, nice. That's right, <laughs> that's right. Uh, went down to UNL for undergrad. Uh, loved the time I spent down there. Really, really fun, and uh, learned a lot of good life lessons along the way. Um, studied finance, economics, and chemistry while I was down there. Uh, chemistry is kind of a weird mix that comes up as a question sometimes. And the reason that came into play is that um, initially I was really dead set on becoming a dentist, actually. Really? Um, So I studied a lot of biology and physics and chemistry early on at UNL. Um, But once I got to the first kind of real hands-on dentistry type class, I started to figure out pretty quickly that, you know, I don't know if I want to be digging around in people's mouths uh, for the rest of my life. So once I kind of figured that part out, I changed gears a bit. Um, had always appreciated and liked uh, different aspects of business. You know, it's a wide, wide field. And so uh, from there, uh, pivoted a bit and pursued uh, the finance and economics piece of it. So Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like dentistry, I mean, man, I mean, just bad people with bad breath and stuff, like all day, every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are great things about it. Um, yeah. but always pros and cons. Yes, but at least you got to see, you know, it's like you wanted to pursue it until you knew if that was going to be the route for you. Yep. Um, I bet the economics, you know, obviously supply and demand is <laughs> just the uh, the core of a business, so that probably has been very helpful as far as just with having that type of knowledge now being obviously a full-time real estate agent for how long now? Yeah, about uh, five years now. And uh, certainly that's true, um, how econ can come into play in a variety of ways in life. And more than anything, it probably helped reinforce um, critical thinking skills Mm. and just being able to think through a situation from a variety of perspectives and understand kind of from coming from the opposite party's uh, position and just being able to see things in a different light has been helpful for me. And really, uh, the the chemistry thing did the same thing. Um, really do not apply chemistry in any part of my job at this point. Um, but some of the hard, um, difficult classes I had, like uh, organic chemistry, uh, qualitative chemical analysis, uh, was a tough one. That was kind of the combination of calculus uh, plus organic chemistry. Um, again, just help me think about things in a different way and help develop kind of linear thinking skills uh, overall. So do I get to apply chemistry to real estate? No, not really. 
but in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. I do. So well, I mean, anyone listening or watching right now, we all know that you are a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, I, I don't know. Th- thanks, but yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, as you know too. I mean, with seeing all the different um, experiences that you're that you just grew up around. It's just like anything, the more you you see things, the more you are able to have perspective on mm-hmm. how things can play out. Mm-hmm. And so um, you've seen a lot of shifts in the real estate market and you've been, well, you grew up in Gretna, so you've been in Nebraska pretty much your whole life? Correct, yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so with the market we're in right now, obviously, I mean, even your dad probably would say right now, this is a little different. Yep. How would you kind of... You know, based on your dad's, um, you know, road, and then obviously you you bring in some different elements to the team. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel things are at right now? Well, I think the market is great depending upon what you're trying to do, and it just completely varies based on the position you're in, your timing, your strategy, what you're hoping to accomplish. You can get anything you anything done that you want to, but the way that you go about it and your strategy uh, needs to shift. I think based on what's going on in the market and. Um, so after undergrad, I spent some time at ConAgra Foods. Mm-hmm. I was there for about 10 years in a variety of finance and marketing roles. And I had the opportunity to kind of rotate around and see different aspects of that business, again, from a variety of different perspectives and angles. And one thing um, that I learned from that is that you really need to keep a keen eye on what you think is coming down the road at you. Mm. So in a number of my roles, I was responsible for forecasting what would happen and uh, kind of trying to estimate what's coming at us in terms of uh, sales figures and costs and revenue and uh, profitability and trying to um, navigate the storm and, uh, you know, get through to the other side uh, unscathed. And so a lot of that applies to real estate, certainly. Um, None of us can predict what's going to happen. Certainly, I think there's consensus out there that at Mm -hmm. some point, uh, interest rates have to start to rise. Um, People aren't going to be able to afford uh, the price points that are out there anymore at at some point. So um, there's a shift coming eventually. Um, I don't think anyone knows for sure when it's coming, what it's going to look like, uh, what shape it's going to take. But it's it's coming. Yeah, it will. It will. but in, in history tends to repeat itself within reason. I mean, I don't personally think we're at like an 08, 09 type of potential crisis just because of, um, you know, most all, I mean, most of the loans, I feel like, you know, obviously hard money, you're, you're, you're into a whole new arena. But um, I definitely feel like there's a, a stronger grasp on the quality of people buying homes. Mm-hmm. But yes, as you mentioned, with rates going up too much, can be concerning. I'm interested to see what is going to happen with how forbearance plays out over the next couple of months. I think a lot of people probably signed on for that, not fully understanding the impacts Mm -hmm. of how it works and specifically what happens when forbearance ends. So certainly there are people out there who needed to take advantage of it and did, but maybe didn't understand that at the end, you don't just get to skate on that bill. It all comes due at the end. So if you couldn't afford a few thousand bucks last year, um, I don't know. Hopefully, you can afford ten or twenty thousand bucks this year when it all comes due. So, yeah. um, that should be interesting to see how that plays out, and it may start to light the fuse a bit on on a correction in the market. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about earlier. I mean, that instant gratification through COVID. I mean, there's a lot of people that are <laughs> they would 
they're finding out that they've been able to not work and make more money than they were making when they were working. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, at some point things will change. Yep. And even student loans, I mean, you get that instant gratification, but then you pay for it. Yep. On the back end. And as long as you're deliberate about thinking through it and ensuring that uh, the reward is worth the risk and all that good stuff, then it, it can still make sense, but you just have to be really careful. Like in the instance of student loans, am I doing something that makes sense long term, not just because it feels good now? Yeah. Yeah. So, but forecasting is big. So obviously, I mean, with the, gosh, the education and the, the background you have, I mean, it, it's got to be helpful just uh, to be able to have those conversations with your clients too, to kind of give them a feel. Because, I mean, most people are walking pretty blind. I mean, you can obviously go online and gather a lot of information, but um, that information is not like providing you the guide to success. Mm-hmm. And so that's where obviously people like you make a difference so that they can fully understand the impact of these decisions that they make on the front end. Are there any any just situations recently that um, come to mind as far as with, you know, just whether deciding to build or buy existing? Because I think that's, because with lumber prices right now, I mean, they're, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve was telling us the other day, I mean, people are stealing lumber left and right, which <laughs> you can't blame them. That is happening, sadly. Um, so, Good question. I think um, that's kind of part of the competitive advantage of our team is coupling the many years of experience that come from my folks being in the business along with some of the tools and skills that I picked up in the corporate world and Mm. combining those things together um, has been really helpful for buyers and sellers regardless of their situation. Because yes, you're right. If if you're in a situation where you're trying to um, upgrade to a new house, do you build? Do you buy existing? What And that strategy varies by price point. It varies based on your timeline. Um, and luckily, we've got, uh, we've got good relationships in the business that my folks have built over time. So we can reach out to developers and builders and suppliers and understand what some of these variables are looking like. And based on all that information at that time for that particular client, uh, we can recommend the best path for them. And mm. certainly, it's not the same answer for everyone. Um, it, there are so many variables out there, motivation, uh, changes person by person, certainly. So, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's fun uh, tailoring that solution for that client based on what they need. Oh, I bet the the old school with the new school. Yeah, I bet your dad yeah, loves right. it too because it's keeping him young. You know, he's like, man, I didn't look at because that's the thing too. I feel like the younger generation, you know, they say millennials are lazy, and you know, the, you, we all have our arguments from um, different points, but there are efficiencies that are happening with the younger generation that are mm-hmm. helping move the needle a lot faster. Mm-hmm. The same core values or in the principles are still, you know, that foundation. But when you can mix it together, it's a good thing. It's a uh, real good thing. Agreed. Agreed. And it's been a lot of fun uh, working as a family team. Really, that's the main reason I got into real estate overall. When I left ConAgra, I was thinking about, uh, you know, do I get kind of back into another corporate gig, looked at uh, Kiwit and Union Pacific, First Nationals, some of the big ones in town. And ultimately thought, you know, mom and dad probably have a few years left in them in the business. Uh, maybe we partner up and help them kind of ease into retirement over time. And most of all, uh, 
it's kind of a rare opportunity um, to have that fun relationship. And, you know, we, that is the main thing. We have fun doing what we do every day. We get along really well together. And so it's, it's been a win-win for, for all of us. That's awesome. Yeah, I always enjoy seeing your dad. I mean, just there's certain people that just kind of you know, light up. It's like, man, like these are, these are good people. Yep. So yep, it's yep. awesome. And I don't think, I'm sure growing up too, it's like, well, I don't want to be in, you know, it's like you don't, you don't grasp like how cool, mm-hmm. you know, potentially your, your parents, you know, day to day can be. I mean, working beside your dad, that's neat. Yep. That's neat. Yeah, they always uh, recommended that I not go directly into real estate. You know, try something else first, go to school, do what you think you want to do. Maybe real estate can be a kind of a backup plan for you at some point down the road. And that kind of that's how it worked in this case. Yeah. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because we all, we all have a journey. And it, all, those, all those stops make you appreciate what you have a little bit more, too. Because, you know, corporate America has its pros and cons. And being a business owner, has its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. What um, what have you enjoyed most about making the change outside of obviously working with family? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you know, you just pinpoint from your experience at ConAgra and now being a realtor mm-hmm. that just sticks out more than anything else that you love? Yep. Um, I suppose I really enjoy the number of directions that you can take real estate. So most of us think about um, probably traditional, just selling and buying homes, and that's what most do. But you can take it um, any direction, whether it be land development or building or focusing on working with investors. Um, and so that's kind of what I'd like to try to do a, a bit is diversify my real estate experience overall. And so I've had a chance to get into some of those things over time. Uh, we talked about the market before and how it's shifting, and we know that you can't time the market, but to an extent, you kind of can, a, a little bit. And so I've been trying to do that a bit. Um, by a couple years ago, a buddy of mine and I started up a new construction company. And the thought with that is that when we are in a strong seller's market, like we've been in for the last eight years or so, uh, focus more on building houses, and when it shifts over to a buyer's market, which will likely happen at some point here soon, uh, change gears a little bit and focus more on buying up houses uh, to hold as investment properties. Mm. So I think soon here I'm going to kind of be pressing pause on the new construction uh, piece of it for a number of reasons. Uh, Land is very expensive. Lumber is very expensive. um, Labor is very expensive at the moment. Um, And we've been in such a strong um, seller's market that there aren't that many great deals to scoop up, at least yet. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people doing it in town at such a higher level than I could do it. Yeah. It's tough, tough to compete the, with those guys. Um, but soon, um, I'm going to start making that shift, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Making the pivot. Mm-hmm. And that's what's beautiful about it, too. It's like there isn't just one way to go about it or one lane as far as you know, how you want to work your business. I remember when I first got into the business uh, four or five years ago, went around with my dad and had uh, coffee or lunch with some of the um, more successful groups um, in town, whether they be agents or builders or developers. And one kind of common theme that I noticed for the really successful folks is that they kind of had their hands in a piece of each of those things. And they were, to an extent, um, vertically integrated. So the guys who could go out and buy up a big tract of land from a farmer 
develop that land into a, a subdivision, build houses on the subdivision that they built, and then sell the houses that they built. Um, that has a pretty nice compounding effect. Mm -hmm. And granted, it's really hard. It's really risky. It takes a lot to, to pull all that off. If you can do it, it's a pretty powerful thing. So. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, when you have the land, everything is just stacking up. Yep. So that's yeah. kind of the long-term thing I'm, I'm working toward. At some point, it won't happen overnight. It's a, it's a ways away, but I think that'd be a fun thing to aspire to and a fun uh, kind of grouping of projects in the back of my mind. Love it. Well, going back to the forecasting, Jim mm. is forecasting his future mm. <laughs> as we go too, which is uh, so very important because, um, you know, it, it's, it can be difficult to just, I mean, I feel like people in general just have a hard time envisioning um, a lot of things into the future. You know, it's just so, so up in the air. I mean, even you think about with, um, you know, now 3D models, um, I mean, people out able to put on goggles and walk through homes, creating their own home mm -hmm. from the inside out, visually, in 3D. I mean, that's amazing. Very cool, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's a lot of cool things going on and there's a lot of opportunity out there. And um, happy to, uh, to know you, Jim. And I appreciate you coming on today. Are there any uh, words of wisdom for anyone out there that's um, trying to decide if they should move or should they stay put? I mean, I know that there's so many variables that go into it, but are there any, um, any tips or tricks from Jim today that you want to? Regarding buying or selling? Yeah. So maybe what you just talked about a minute or two ago regarding setting long-term goals. Uh, that's something that has worked really well for me over time. And I kind of picked this up when I first started at ConAgra, one of my, the guys who sat, sat a few rows down for me. Um, we go to lunch occasionally and talk through what, I don't know, the future looks like in a number of different regards. But he talked about the import, importance of setting really long-term goals, having a lot of clarity around specifically what's going to happen at those time frames, and then working back from them. So I got into a habit of each year, I would set one-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year, and actually 25-year goals uh, for my life in a number of different categories, whether it be... Uh, you know, physical, spiritual, work, family, blah, 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 whatever kind of goals you want. Um, set them out for a really long time horizon and then have a path to get there. And uh, revisit them regularly, at least annually, and kind of track your progress. And I've found that if you're diligent about doing that, and the more specific you are, the better, oftentimes you'll hit those goals a lot faster than you think. It'll, your 10-year goals might show up in your five or six um, so it's, you can accomplish a lot more than you think if you do the little things consistently, uh, with a deliberate path to get mm. to your long-term goal. Yeah. I think that's a, <clears throat> a great rule of thumb and a great idea because it's, it stays top of mind mm -hmm. and you don't lose sight of it. And so back to your question on, you know, buying or selling, do I do it now? Do I do it later? It's just a matter of whether that ladders up to your long-term goal, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, real estate is a, a big part of people's uh, lives financially and day-to-day, -day, the way they live. And so as long as it fits in that larger path, then that should dictate your strategy, I think. Yeah, I love it. There's no right or wrong path. It's Agreed. It's your life. Yep. Love it. Jim, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks, John. You're the man. Appreciate Until the opportunity. Until next time. Thanks. Absolutely.